This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. You got an A+. Plus. You conquered daylight savings time. Way to go. That's a positive for many of you, and we can all say thank you, Lord Jesus, for the rain the other night. Those are good things. Praise the Lord. That's an answer to prayer. Well, I welcome all of you if you're here by, by my face or by live stream, we welcome you in the house of God today. We just believe that the Word of God will speak to your heart. Once you uh, got a Bible or you got your Bible, go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We are in our series still on the Holy Spirit. And so we will highlight some things in 1 Corinthians 2, 1 Corinthians 6. Just some of the, the writings of the Apostle Paul that I believe that will help us. And so every one of us, that there's a time in our life where the, the Holy Spirit works in conjunction with the Word of God. And so when the Word of God goes forward, the Bible, according to the Lord Jesus in John 16, 8, he said that the Spirit of God would convict us of sin and of righteousness. Now, the word convict can be difficult at times, so I like to use the word convince that the Lord would convince us that I'm a sinner and he would convince us that I need a savior. And so that is the conviction of sin and then again of righteousness. And so the Lord begins to work through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now what you're going to see some things today, number one, is how God will endorse the Holy Spirit. Another area that we'll see immediately that when you study the word of God, you really, really need the Spirit of God to be there, okay? He's the one that he'll lead us and guide us into the truth. So we begin here, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. But as it is written, or the Word of God, the Scripture says, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Now, according to this, this is Isaiah 64 is what he quoted here. But according to this, the Lord wants to reveal some things through my eyes, my ears, and my heart. And it's interesting that he said the things that God has prepared for those who love him. So there's things for us that we love God, but God wants to show them to us. He wants to reveal them to us. Now, pay close attention to the Apostle Paul's writing, how that takes place. Verse 10. But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit. He's, he's revealed them to us through the Holy Spirit. Now, as you look at this, understand, he didn't highlight there was any other way. He said, this is how it's going to take place. He goes on to say, for the Spirit or the Holy Spirit searches all the things Yes, the deep things of God. And so uh, the Holy Spirit brings them on the scene. And he begins to reveal them to us. And he begins to show them to us. And one of the key to this is how I respond to what the Holy Spirit shows me. Verse 11. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit or the heart of man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now, holy things here, what you see are the Spirit of God of the things here. What he's getting over to is the only person that really knows what's going on on the inside of me is me. 
Now, I, I can look right now. I can look at CJ. He's right here. I can look at him, but I don't have a clue what's going on on the inside of him. He does. But he goes ahead and he says, and the only one who knows the really the things of God or the heart of God is the Spirit of God. So if me and you ever really want to understand and know the heart of God, i got to get around the Spirit of God. Verse number 12. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world or the world system, but the Spirit who is from God. Now with that statement right there, you may want to underline that. You may want to write that down because he specifically says the Spirit of God who is from God. In other words, God ordained the Holy Spirit. God says, this is who it is right here, and I I co-sign with it. That we might not know the things that have been freely given to us by God. So what he gets over to here is the Holy Spirit is the one that interprets spiritual things to spiritual people. Now, the way the, the Holy Spirit operates a lot of times well, the majority of the time, I should say, is through the Word of God. Everything the Holy Spirit does is in line with the Word of God. If you can't find it in, in the Word of God, the Holy Spirit's not going to be doing it. And so this highlights right here the power that the Word of God has, but when the Holy Spirit begins to, to bring understanding to us. Verse 13, these things we also speak Not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with the spiritual. So better stated here, the Holy Spirit interprets spiritual things. Verse 14, but the natural man, and when he talks about the natural man, he's one that lives entirely on the human level, or better stated, I live only by my five senses. So look what the Apostle Paul goes on to say. The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. They make no sense to him. Now, this may identify some things in your life, but I remember before I got born again, the Word of God was foolish to me. I used to think, why in the world would people involve themselves with that? And this is what this is talking about. The word of God is foolish to people that don't know God. But he ends up and he says this, nor can he know them because they, the word of God, are spiritually discerned or they are illuminated by the spirit of God. And so when you see spiritually discerned, the only way I'm going to truly grasp the things of God is through the Holy Spirit. Now, just with what I've read already, I believe this is one of the greatest reasons right here why people need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I I need the Holy Spirit. I need him to be the teacher in my life. And so what ends up happening here is a lot of times we have the thought is, I, I never hear from the Holy Spirit. I never have illumination like this from the Holy Spirit. Well, last week in the in the book of Revelations 3 to the church at Laodicea, the Lord Jesus said, I knock and anybody who answers and opens, I want to come and dine with you. When I read that, that literally means 
I want to fellowship with you. I, I want to converse with you. I, I want to have time with you where I can look you right in the eye. And so when I, I read this right here, is the reason I never hear from the Spirit of God or I never have a discernment from the Spirit of God? Do I take the time to fellowship with God? Do I welcome the Holy Spirit in my life? And what happens with us as human beings, we have this thought. I'm too busy. I'm too busy. Every sacrifice is based on preference. And when I say I'm too busy, is our life too busy? Is my life too loud? And what I mean by loud, do I need to unplug from the TV, from the music? Do I need to unplug from the computer? Do I need to unplug from my phone and from social media? Because it's like in our society, we have time for all that, but I don't have time for the Spirit of God. Now, years ago, I would get around this man who was very dear to me in the spirit realm. Every time I would see this man, you know what he would say? He'd look at me and say, hey, listen what God told me today. Hey, listen what God shared with me today. And every time he would speak, it was like it was fresh off the, the, the wire from heaven. And a lot of times the things he would speak, I would have the thought, he's been talking to Shelly too much. He knows way too much about me. But you know what I found out about this guy? Spending time with God was the first thing he did when he got up in the mornings. He made God a priority. It was like, I'm not going to do anything until I speak and fellowship with God. And I begin to realize this. I want the, the voice of God. I want to hear the things of God like he does. But do I want to do what he's done to get it? And I believe within our society right now, and I said our society, mine too, we have a very hard time disciplining ourselves in the area of focus. It's very hard for me to focus on one thing or one person at a time. You know why? Because my life is so cluttered. I'm going to use a little illustration. This may help you a little bit. And this may start out to make zero sense in your life. I like to play golf. I didn't say I was very good. I like to play. Okay, there's a difference between like to play and good. But I figured out that on that golf ball is hundreds of little dimples, little bitty ones. If you ever look at a golf ball, you'll see that dimple. When I get ready to hit a golf ball, if I can focus just for a little bit, just a split second on one of those little dimples, easier said than done, I promise you. I play so much better that I can focus just on that little dimple. What would happen if we made it priority where we begin to focus on that little dimple called time with the Holy Spirit? Now, this may hurt, 
Are you willing to unplug from a few things in your life? Because when I read this right here, God said, man, I want to reveal some things to you. I hasn't seen nor ear heard nor the heart the things that God has prepared for those who love him. But the only way this is going to happen is when I come into fellowship with the Holy Spirit. So think about this in just a little bit. The word Holy Spirit. The word holy in spirit means to be devoted. It means a separation. And so when I talk about the word Holy Spirit, God wants to put his Holy Spirit within us that he begins to impart his nature within us. And when I talk about the word holy, it's not a list of do's and don'ts, but it's Christ-like. So the only way that I'm going to become Christ-like, man, i got to have the Holy Spirit within me. Now in 1 Peter 1, Peter said this, be holy in your conduct. And then the next verse in 1 Peter 1 is verses 16 and 17. He says, be holy for I am holy. Now, what a thought right here. But this is only going to take place by the Holy Spirit. Now, I said he, in, through Peter's writings, be holy in your conduct. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians 6, just a couple uh, chapters away there. And I'm just going to prepare you a little bit as we get ready to go on here. You, you better buckle your, your Christian seatbelt, okay? And I can tell you this, as we go to this, I don't always like what the, the, the Spirit puts in my heart to preach on. But what I find that when things are in the Bible, we better preach on it, okay? No matter how popular we think it is. So just get ready here, okay? 1 Corinthians chapter 6, begin with me in verse 17. But he who is joined to the Lord, he who is joined to the Lord, he is united with the Lord. He is knit to the Lord, is one spirit with him. So when I get born again and I ask Jesus to come into my heart, according to this, we become one with the Lord. Verse 17. Flee sexual immorality. Now, I highlighted this. Flee sexual immorality. He didn't say flirt with it. And he didn't say flaunt it. He said flee. Keep running away from sexual immorality. Now, when I talk about sexual immorality, it's sin, okay? How do you know? Look at the next statement. Flee sexual immorality, every sin. So right here, in a sexually saturated society that we live in, and, and regardless of how culturally it's acceptable or popular, he said flee sexual sin. Now, this is a big deal. This is a huge deal. 
This has become kind of a detour within the church that I've heard people say, whatever you do, don't talk about sin in the church. Well, the Bible calls it sin. So we might as well stay with it and understand this, okay? So he says, Apostle Paul, every sin that a man does is outside the body, but he who commits sexual immortality sins against his own body. Now, it's kind of hard to get on, uh, away from that because he said he commits sin against his own body. So better stated here, don't ever underestimate the power of sexual sin. And when he says it's different than any other sin, the reason he says that, because the consequences or the effect of sexual sin, it sticks to you. Woof. Now, you never get a lot of amens on this. But it's still the truth. Now, stay here with me. Because I believe in any area of sin in our life, the Holy Spirit has the power to set us free. Verse 19. Or do you not know, wow, that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? And where does the Holy Spirit live? Who is in you, whom you have from God. So again, God endorses the Holy Spirit. He says that you are uh, from whom God has given you and you're not your own. Now, if you look at this correctly, the Holy Spirit wants to take up residence within you. And he doesn't just want one room. He wants the entire house. And when the Holy Spirit comes on the inside of me and I yield to him and I welcome him to my house, he does a thing called cleaning house. And he doesn't do it to beat us up. He does it because he loves us. My body is the temple or the sanctuary of the Holy Spirit. Verse 20. For you were bought at a price. A huge price called the body of Jesus and the blood of Jesus. A huge price. You were bought at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Now, I don't know if you got that right there. When you get born again, you're God's. That's a good thing. But what I find out sometimes about believers, we have this thought, well, I'm born again, and really that's all God I want. I want just a little dab of God. I want to live semi-morally. And I want to go to church when it's convenient. But if the Holy Spirit resides in me, and I'm God's, and you know what that tells me? He wants to take up residence within every one of us. He wants to be a part of our, our daily activity. So when I read these things, I, I begin to find cross-references biblically over and over with the Apostle Paul. Now to help us through some of this, go with me to the book of Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. And again, this will be the Apostle Paul talking here. 
through the writing of the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5, verse 15, or 16, I mean. I say then, walk in the Spirit. The Amplified says, live habitually in the Holy Spirit. That word walk there literally means to be occupied or engaged in. It also has the meaning of progression or steady progress in grace that the Holy Spirit both monitors and empowers so we become more internally motivated. He said, walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust, the appetites, the cravings, or the desires of the flesh. Now, you may never figure this out yet, but we're in a battle. We're in a conflict. It's, it's like a tug of war. It's a, a constant fight between walking in the Spirit and my flesh. And this undertow called my flesh tries to pull me against the Holy Spirit's purpose. He tries to get me off track is what begins to take place. So he goes on to say in verse 17, For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish to do. So the spirit and the flesh are, are literally diametrically opposed to one another. Now that last part where he says, so that you do not do the things that you wish. How many have ever experienced that? I still experience that to this day. That as long as I'm on this earth and I have this thing called flesh, it wants to get out of, of the, the guide of the Holy Spirit. It wants to do what it wants to do. And it's interesting the Apostle Paul would write about this right here and, and highlight and so I, I believe for every believer, this is a fierce and an unrelenting conflict that's over and over and over. Now, he's going to help us here through the scriptures. Verse 18. But if you are led or guided by the Spirit, you're not under the law. And when he talks about the law here, it's, it's bondage. Uh, you, you become burdened by obeying the law. But when it's by the Holy Spirit, you do it freely. You do it willingly. You're like, man, thank God I get to obey the, the things of God. Verse 19. Now the works, the doings of the practices of the flesh are evident. Now, to help us understand this, I'm going to read this from the Passion Translation. I'm going to read verses 19 through 21. He says that the works of the flesh are evident. Now, as I begin to read these, you might want to put a check mark about the ones that try to mess with you right now. Just watch this. The cravings of the self-life are obvious. Sexual immorality, lustful thoughts, pornography, chasing after things instead of God, 
manipulating others, hatred of those who get in your way. That's talking about driving. That was a really interesting one right there. I thought, Lord, put a check by me right there on that one. Hatred of those who get in your way, senseless arguments, resentment when others are favored, temper tantrums, angry quarrels, only thinking of yourself, being in love with your own opinions, that's a good one, being envious of blessings of others, murder, uncontrolled addictions, wild parties, and all other similar behavior. Quite a list, didn't it? Now we go back. These were the lust or the cravings of my flesh. You can take a deep breath, okay? It's all right. Haven't I already warned you that those who use their freedom for these things will not inherit the kingdom realm of God? So when I read these things, you know what my human nature is most of the time? If I allow the Holy Spirit in, there becomes a conviction. He'll begin to work in me. But a lot of times what I would rather do than allow the Holy Spirit to convict me, I would rather look at my life compared to other people. And so in, instead of looking at the Word of God, what it says, it's more easy or more convenient for me to say, well, I'm not as bad as Gloria. I, I, I don't do the things CJ does. And, and that Joe Rojas. So we try to push them off like, well, I'm not as bad as them. Well, you really don't know how bad you are. But instead of taking ownership and beginning to welcome the Holy Spirit in because Paul already gave us the answer and it was verse 16. He said, walk in the Spirit and you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. But listen, without the Holy Spirit, you're going to be dominated by your flesh. I don't care how powerful you think you are. He's the one who said all this. So literally what I begin to get in my own life was the thought, I don't do people in this church, born-again believers, good without telling you the truth about the Holy Spirit. It's almost like I, I have the thought, come on, John, suck it up. You're better than that. But to a degree, we've set people up to fail, to think we can get free from the lust of our flesh by my own willpower. It's not going to happen. So I go back years ago, years ago. I walk in the anointing of, of Acts 2.38 where the apostle Peter said, repent, get born again, and get filled with the Holy Spirit. That all happens in my life. I don't fully understand what took place. But I knew I had repented, I'd given my heart to Jesus, and by faith I'd received the Holy Spirit. But just because all three of those things happen, I still had this flesh. And this flesh still had the tendency to act up to the cravings or the desires that he talked about. 
And so one day I'm looking through the scriptures and remember I said this, the Holy Spirit always works in conjunction with the Holy Spirit. I find in Colossians 1.13 that it says, he has delivered us from the power of darkness. Who's us? The ones that got born again. And so I begin to take that scripture right there and I begin to say, Holy Spirit, You're the helper. You're the empower. And because I was dominated by a a fleshly appetite called alcohol, that I'm telling you dominated me, I begin to pray that and I would say, Holy Spirit, go to work in me. Go to work in me. Go to work in me. How does that look for the Holy Spirit to work in you? Well, it's it's 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And I found in my life, the more I yielded to his promptings, the more I yielded to his influences, the more I became Christ-like and holy. But it came saying, work in me, Holy Spirit, work in me. And again, I highlight We want believers to walk in freedom. We want believers to walk in victory. But I think I can do it without the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't have time to read the fruit of the Spirit, but it's the very next verse. It's Galatians 5, 22, 23. There's nine of them. These only come from the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, peace, self-control, I take a double vitamin of that every day. I take a, a gospel of self-control through the Holy Spirit in the morning and the night. Goodness, kindness, gentleness, and meekness. And so it's this prayer, Holy Spirit, go to work in me. I, I need your fruit. Pick up with me, verse 24, same chapter. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. The passions and the desires of the flesh. And he said, they've crucified them. Now, when you read that right there, God is not talking about us putting you on the cross today. All right, John, you're up, buddy. We're gonna crucify you today. No, Jesus did that for us. He paid that price. So the word here, the crucifixion of what he was talking about here, it's a form of repentance. That when I literally repent of my sin as as a crucifixion of the old life of sin, and I turn from it fully and finally. So that verb right there, the crucifixion of the flesh, it literally has the meaning, a verb that indicates decisive act. Holy Spirit, help me. Work in me. Now look how he ends this part in verse 25. If we live in the Spirit, let us walk in the Spirit. If we live in the Spirit, let us walk in the Spirit. So literally right here, to walk in the Spirit is to walk in the path that the Holy Spirit lays down for us. Who I need you, Holy Spirit. I need you. I need you in every dimension of me. I need you to be a man of God. 
Holy Spirit, I, I need you to be a godly husband. Holy Spirit, I, I need you to be a godly daddy, a godly grand. I, I, what happens when I begin to welcome the Holy Spirit? So in saying that, just in that capsule right there with everything I just said, you're not going to make it to fulfill any of those callings in your life without the Holy Spirit. This is not going to happen. Walk in the Spirit and you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. It's good news. Some of you ought to be shouting right now. Some of you ought to say, man, I welcome the Holy Spirit in my life. Romans chapter 8. And this is what we'll end with. Romans chapter 8. I only got about an hour to go. Romans 8. I'm just kidding. Don't get nervous. Romans chapter 8. Verse 1. This is the Apostle Paul. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. The word condemnation has a meaning of an accusing voice. The word condemnation has a lot to do with shame and guilt. So condemnation is from the enemy. Conviction is from the Holy Spirit. There's a huge difference. The Holy Spirit doesn't guilt you and shame you. That's the devil. Now, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, where he beats you over the head. That's condemnation. He pounds you. He pounds you. And he tells you how guilty you are and how shameful you are. I, I would experience that day after day, week after. I hated it. That's the accusing voice. But he says, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Why? For the law of the Spirit, for the law of the Holy Spirit. Now look at the end of the verse 1. For the law of the Spirit in Christ Jesus, according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. When you see that made me free, that means to deliver. That word is used exclusively for Jesus setting believers at freedom from the dominion of sin. So he wants to set us free from sin. The appetite, the lust of the sin. I'm bouncing a little in this chapter because I don't have much time. Verse 5. For those who live according to the flesh, they set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. So what he begins to get over here is to live according to the Spirit. This involves holiness. Not only in my actions, not only in my words, but also in my thoughts. And it's birthed through the Holy Spirit. Same chapter, verse 12. Therefore, brethren, fellow believers... We are not debtors obligated or ruled to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit, if by the Holy Spirit, you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Now, if you look at that correctly and biblically, but by the deeds of the body, you will live. If by the Spirit. Again, he didn't say there's going to be any other way. 
And I'm going to throw a little analogy out here for you. If you've had problems over and over in your life with lying, repent of it and start saying, Holy Spirit, help me. Help me to tell the truth. Help me. And grace me to yield to your promptings and your influences. So all I'm telling you to do is start your day allowing the Holy Spirit to make you aware. See, he wants you to be holy. He wants you to be Christ-like. So what happens in our lives, even as believers, there's this wearisome cycle or this pattern that we get stuck in. Now this is what it looks like. I make promise, promise, promises. I make vow after vow after vow to God. And then I break them. And then I repent. And then I get back up and I make promise after promise to God, vow after vow to God, and then I break them again. And so it's like this carousel in my life. It just keeps happening. Has that happened to you, Pastor? Oh, yeah, it's happened to me. Over and over and over. So with tears in my eyes, there's times I've said to God, Father God, I'm sorry for doing this the thousandth time, and I'm probably well underestimating how many times I've done it. You, Pastor? I got a flesh. I got a flesh, guys. It's a relentless attack. But something begins to change when I say, Holy Spirit, I welcome you on the inside of me. I welcome you as my helper. I welcome you as my empower. I welcome you to breathe life inside of me. And so that invitation just to the Holy Spirit is one of the greatest invitations I can have in my life right now. I yield to you, Holy Spirit. I need you. And so every one of us in here, it's not about what you can do, but it's about what God can do when you turn your, your, your willpower over to the power of the Holy Spirit. You get outside help from God. And I highlight this, you won't clean up your act without the Holy Spirit's help. So let me ask you a couple questions. Would you like to get some revelation, knowledge from the Holy Spirit, even in your studying? I gotta come to a place where I welcome him. Am I dominated by the list of the flesh in Galatians 5? Am I dominated by that? And I'm willing to say I'm dominated. See, a lot of times people blow it off. I'm not dominated by that. I've only done it for the last 24 years. I'm not dominated by that. No, you're not dominated by it. It's embedded in you. But things change with the Holy Spirit. Things change. When you saw a guy or you're looking at a guy for... 10 years of my life that I I got where I was drinking every day hard. Hard. And I didn't tell it what to do. It told me what to do. And then God brought outside help on the inside of me. And when God put the Holy Spirit within inside of me, 
something on the inside started manifesting on the outside. And there became huge change in my life. Huge. Many of you have heard me say this before, but I, I would be in restaurants with my brother in the city we grew up and, and people would stop by and this one man looked at us one day and he said, if God can change you too, he can change anybody. I wanted to kiss him. I want to say, that's great news. I'm, I'm glad that is evident in my life because that's the power of the Holy Spirit. So you know what the Holy Spirit does? He still takes messes and makes miracles. He's still in that business. And I, I can stand before you today and I can say, I'm sincerely sorry for being sincerely wrong for not teaching people about the Holy Spirit. We do people no good. Why don't you stand up here today? Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.